0: Hey there, in case you don't know who the heck is talking right now, my name is Michelle Mercier of MichelleAMercier.com. I am a business coach, a speaker, and your trusty host of the Resilient Entrepreneur Podcast. So if you'd like to know more about how I can support you on your entrepreneurial journey, you know, reach out to me today and set up a free coaching session because I'm always Willing to listen and to support you however I can. But for right now, I am jumping in with the incredible founders of Evermore Pet Food. Let's go. Hey there, entrepreneur, and welcome to today's show. I have not one, but two fantastic entrepreneurs with me today. I have the co-CEOs of Evermore Pet Food. And first first up, we have Hannah Mandelbaum, who is the fairy dog mother of evermore pet food. She's the big picture out of the box thinker who crafts a broader strategic vision for their brand and handles, you know, the day-to-day sales, marketing, customer service, partnerships area of things. And then I have Alison Blumberg, who is the sorceress, which I love the fact that they said that about you, <laughs> that you have that in your bio. In her role, you know, she researches and vets the ethical vendor partnerships and oversees the aspects of production. And, you know, it says here that you love a good spreadsheet, which so do I, friends, so do yeah. I, right? <laughs> um, You know, but overall, both of these women are really driven by the, the passion about animal w- welfare, sustainable food systems, you know, making good stuff for our pets, which I think they should be eating just as well as we are. So ladies, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. here. (laughs) Yeah, I know there's two of you. So it's kind of one of those like who talks? I don't know. We'll figure it out as we go though, folks. So Hannah, I want to start with you because you guys, you both had a beautiful story. The two of you kind of seemed like divine intervention, the way that you kind of stumbled across one another. And I know your, your story started, um, in Brooklyn, right. With a, with a dear friend who she seemed, you know, I was reading the article as I was telling you both, and she seemed like a magnificent human being Um, and I know that she has left us, but I know her, she lives on with both of you. So Hannah, can you tell me a little bit about the background of, you know, what inspired this brand?
1: Sure. So when I moved to Brooklyn from Chicago, I was sort of a bohemian artist type. I really wanted to make it as a painter, uh, but that doesn't pay the bills. So I was was a dog walker. I uh, studied comparative religion in college, which is hard to admit, but uh, instead of, I like to say I got it backwards, I found dog afterwards. So (laughs) I was a dog walker, and Allison actually was one of my dog walking clients, as well as Mary, and she was also a bohemian type as well, but she was significantly older. She lived in my neighborhood after moving from Tribeca, where she had lived during 9-11. Yeah, it's crazy. And she also was a neighborhood dog walker type. Uh, In addition to after 9-11, all of the dogs in the neighborhood started getting cancer, Mm. including her own dog. And you know, we're seeing that now all of these people who had stayed, all the first responders, they're all developing these health problems. But it was happening a lot faster with dogs because Mm. they're just, you know, smaller creatures. Her own dog got diagnosed with cancer and was given a six month prognosis. She, like all of us dog owners, loved her dog and yeah. didn't want him to die so soon. So she researched everything she could do and started cooking for him. His He ended up living another six years as opposed wow. to six months. Yeah. In the meantime, she had been started cooking for all the dogs in the neighborhood. Everyone came to her and She very organically started what we like to call an underground dog food company. (laughs) Nice. And yeah, and I met her because she had become priced out of Tribeca as, you know, prices were skyrocketing and moved to my neighborhood in Brooklyn. She hired me to walk her dog and a bunch of dogs that she was boarding over the holidays uh, when she had a temporary bout of pneumonia. She got better but kept me coming over because I think she just loved the company. She didn't have too many friends around. And over time I learned about her dog food company. And then one day out of the blue, I got a call. She was in the middle of having a stroke which was crazy. And I was like, hey, did you call 911? <laughs> Not me, call <Tell> them. <laughs> <laughs> she did it. I, she called me, her dog walker, before she called 911. Yeah. Um, so suddenly I was kind of catapulted into the situation where I was the caretaker for this woman who didn't really have any immediate family. I became her healthcare proxy, her power of attorney, and just helped her with the pieces of managing her life and all of these people started contacting me like this is really tragic. Can we still get our dog food? Um, which I don't know what that like, says I guess. About- <laughs> yeah and this is where Allison comes in. A mutual friend had let Allison know about the situation and we uh, contacted her to see if she would be willing to help out. And I think Allison needs to take it from here.
2: <laughs> yeah I, uh, so I was a health supportive chef before my well most recently i had i was being, I was working as a health supportive chef, and I was just coming back from a summer camp where I had worked at their inaugural year where they were shifting everything off of package process bag we were making everything from scratch um it was very cool and when I was there, I heard from my landlord who I was also in Brooklyn that he was selling the apartment and I had to move out so yeah. the, the mutual friend that we had uh or how I got to Hana was. You know, a friend, and I was like, I need to find somewhere else to live. You know, um, have you heard of anything? And he said, Actually, there's this very, very unusual situation. You know, I know you know Hannah, but she has this dog walking client who's going to be in the hospital for about four to six weeks. She has this, you know, kind of cottage dog food or this small business, you know, some of it she's doing out of her apartment, even. And nobody who's been able to step in to help has a culinary background since you do maybe you can go stay there, find your own sublet, Um, then, you know, you can move out, she'll move back in and life will resume as usual. And so, you know, I mean, given the circumstances and and my personality, there wasn't much likelihood I was going to say no to that. And so, um, so yeah. And so I said, okay, fine. My dog, I brought down to Florida where my parents were because I I was going to be in limbo. Was going to go down, get him, come back up, and within the few weeks of that happening, when I checked in with Hannah, she um, had told me that. Are, are we using what name are we? Mary,
1: using? we're going with Mary. That Mary. Sorry, the had names had have been more, changed
2: to protect them. Of course, of course. I believe at that point she had suffered one or two more incidences. I'm not sure, um, and that she was not going to be recovering quite as quickly. But there was still the likelihood that she would.
0: Yeah. In any
2: case, I moved in and um, started helping out. And I mean, Hannah and I did not know each other all that well at that point. Crazy. But the two of us just seemed like we were chosen to come in and help in this situation. So um, where do we take it from there, Hannah? How, how do you wanna? <laughs> she's, she's much better at telling stories. I'm the tangent queen. So she needs to keep me in line. Otherwise, we will be spending our entire time still like me telling you how it felt when I walked in the apartment. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, so so
1: long story short, um, Mary ended up actually never recovering. She never saw the outside of a nursing facility. Um, She actually had gotten to the point where for a little while she couldn't talk at all. She had to communicate to us by pointing at letters on a placard, Um, and it was really a very difficult time. Um, We did tell her, so over the period, Allison's dog Connor was like thriving on this food, and we'd also, after several months realized this is a great idea, but there's not a a real functional business here, but we really want to carry on this legacy because this is something that needs to be in the world. Yeah. So we came to Mary who had actually been visiting very regularly. Like Alison would cook soups for her. um, once she could swallow again, now I'm with the tangents, (laughs) but anyway, (laughs) we went and we, we asked her for her blessing. We were like, look, We want to do this, but we just really need to start over with a clean slate, start a new business and, um, and take it from there. And we, we very much had her blessing. So that's how Evermore was
0: born. That's better. And what does Evermore mean?
1: It's a, it's about a continuity. Um, and the love that we have for our dogs, which is forever. Yeah. Uh, but also, I mean, to be to be in full transparency, I love there it. was a period of the time. Of. there was a dog named Ever in the neighborhood. so <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie that that was that that was part of it. There was a, originally a small group of people that did kind of step in along with us who wanted to help. but
0: yeah.
1: as in these situations, people can be very, gung-ho in the very beginning, but then kind of fall off very
0: quickly. Yeah, yeah no, that's really, I mean, that's true. And especially when you guys are dealing with adversity and now you're starting a business and you're caretakers for the pet and for, for Mary, that that's a lot to to juggle. And I know there was that part in the article that was beautiful when, you know, you said that she was able to look out the window and see her, her puppy. Oh, that <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. That I was, was the last time I it. saw her.
1: That was the last yeah. time I saw her. I got her dog. A, a good friend of mine was able to take her dog in. Um, not the same dog after this was a different dog, yeah. but was able to take her dog in and give him a really great home. He just died a few years ago, but the last time I went to visit her, I took I took him into the nursing home to, you know, she said goodbye to him and then i took her him to the beach outside of her window so she could see him romping around on the beach
0: that's amazing i mean it's really sad <laughs> yeah i mean but the dedication that you both kind of showed in that and the the respect that you're paying to her legacy is absolutely It's just, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So then, you know, who wants to take it from there, ladies? Because then I know you started kind of, you know, diving more into the recipes and selling locally and different things like that. So who's next?
2: So I mean, I can start, and then Honey too. I mean, because then, then the adversity of actually like starting Starting. a business. So remember, we're in a recession at the time, right? This yep, is not yep. the best time for two people to start a business, let alone two people with no business <laughs> background. Right. I had a culinary background, Hannah huh? had a dog profes- professional dog background. And, um, you know, and we're both, you know, I'd like to say intelligent, but we did not have, you know, the business understanding of what we were getting into. So, you know, we figured out, certain things that we needed to do like making sure that all of our ingredients were USDA stamped since they were working in a kitchen that the balancing of the nutrients I mean we did a lot of consulting we had to you know really rethink some of the aspects of the recipes and and a lot of that stuff there was a big learning curve and then obviously we had to get into store so another another challenge was that this was not a category people understood the idea of home cooking. Most people only knew from those times their vet would say like my dog's not feeling well. I mean, I grew up with like, sometimes our dog, Cassie would be, my mom would be making, you know, chicken and rice for her. And we'd always like say that the dog ate better than everybody else, you know, (laughs) but, but yeah, a, a gently cooked food. People knew raw, people knew canned. And then Kibble, yeah. of course. And so we were, we had, we had a couple, couple strikes against us as we were starting out, which thankfully we were kind of not, you know, naive enough to keep doing it without realizing what a battle <laughs> If, was. Like if it we battle knew what was. we were getting into,
1: if, no. if somebody, if somebody was came to us and was like, this is everything you have to do over the <laughs> yeah. next decade, I, I <laughs> don't know. You we we would have run, actually. <laughs> if we had our eyes open, I don't know what if we, if we would have gone into yeah. it, but.
2: But we believed really deeply in it, the passion that had had borne the initial piece of it and also what we were bringing to it. I mean, I was a health supportive chef. I had, you know, done my externship at Gramercy Tavern. I had cooked at a summer camp. And now it was sort of the same thing, but for dogs. So really, the only difference was the end user. The idea of using accountably sourced good food, you know, and, and nourishing beings and bodies was really what I cared most about. And so, and having a dog and seeing, like Hannah said firsthand, how even just a few weeks of shifting over to this food and he'd never eaten bad food to begin with, you know, I've right. always been very focused on this, but he, I mean, he immediately had more energy. His coat was shinier. He, um, he had been carrying a couple extra pounds and he, he shed them and it was just so, like inspiring that, that that's really what carried us in those, in those first few years when it was just kind of, it was just very hard. But anyway, I don't know if you want to kind of talk about the pounding the pavement stuff. I mean, it's a <laughs> lot of funny moments. Too, I mean, before you jump hard. in there,
0: I just, it blows my mind that people are so kind of taken aback by feeding dogs, good food. <laughs> like, it's, you it's, know, it just, it blows my mind <laughs> a little bit, you know, like
1: well, um, veterinarians are the only health professionals that tell their patients to eat more highly processed foods and less variety. Sure. So it, sure. is, it is always a little bit shocking to us.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people get confused. The idea is, yes, we should eat the way, our, our pets should eat the way that we eat, but they don't need to eat the same cuts we eat, but they should right. eat from the same animals if we're going to care about the welfare of the meat that we buy there are cuts that you can give to a dog. Dog's not going to be as picky the same way. Like, you know, one of the things that we don't have to do with our food that we would do with a human food is seasoning.
0: You know, yeah, we don't have to add
2: salt and we're not going to try and make it super tasty. Like, But dogs, there's no reason why the quality should yeah. be different. And there's generally ways to do it. So I think people think that somehow you're saying, well, your dog should have, you know, a filet mignon. No, no. But there's <laughs> There's other aspects to to, you know, and, and it's using up also like one of my favorite things with being able to support the best vendors is solving problems for them yeah, by being yeah. able to take cuts that have the right fat content and have the right humane. Anyway, I'm jumping way ahead on this, but, yeah. but it gets very, I think people tend to think it's, a, it's, a, I mean, and it is on some level a luxury, but it, it doesn't have to be like fancy. Right, just because your dog's eating well. Right and and, the ingredients.
0: And I mean, in a lot of cases, your your pet is a is a member of your family. You know, it just it blows my mind when I hear things about like kind of that processed food and the people who are experts at it re- recommending it it just it also kind of breaks my heart a little bit because you know I mean I'm a cat person sorry ladies um but you oh,
2: know, no I- no we were, we're cat people <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> but my cat is like my first child you know so mm-hmm. you know but but anyways i an um, and- here with me as we oh, talk so, yeah oh. I mean I've I, I just, I just love it. Um, so yeah. Hannah, why don't you talk to us about the pounding the pavement thing? Because I know you, you guys just like set up shop up front of a store and like kind of do your thing oh, you so much. Yeah.
1: So it was a lot of going to every single store and pleading for why we belonged there. And some store owners got it. Uh, I had, a one store owner who her store was very much raw focused basically chased me out of the store telling me it was pure human arrogance that we should think that we can change a wolf and that they should be eating cooked food (laughs) meanwhile her whole store is like lined with freezers full of raw food and then piles of kibble and cans so it was yeah it was a little bit of a disconnect but there was a huge educational challenge for forging a new category because at the time we were doing this there were a few companies sort of starting at the same time we were around the country, but it really was not a thing that people were doing, these frozen cooked diets. Yeah. So it was a big challenge, but some people were really excited about it. It was actually not as difficult as getting those first orders from stores as getting the reorders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, could, I could really show the value of the product to the store owners. But there was a little bit of a disconnect, even with attempting to do store education, they'd kind of put it in their freezer and forget about it. So then it became a situation where I had to go, yes, stand out in front of the store and like <laughs> scoop so dog good food at it every, though. like yeah, so many. So there was, there was There was this one store in the West Village that was kind of considered our get. We really wanted to be in the store. And we went in probably five or six times and kept being told no. So I was like, look, how about this? We come on a nice weekend day. We set up in front of the store and we'll do it on consignment. Whatever we sell there, you know, yeah. you just pay us for our wholesale. Yeah. And if we can sell a whole box, then you have to take us in. Nice. Sure enough, we managed to accomplish that. Yeah. Sure. It, was it was easy peasy. Awesome. Yeah, that was, that was kind of our biggest early victory. And then after it didn't take that long for us to, to get interest from places a little bit further away. Mm-hmm. And we were told that we would need a distributor because before that we'd been driving around to all the stores. Of course, with Allison, yeah. what you had a Camry, right? Was oh, it and a Honda, Honda Civic? Civic. Oh, it was a Honda, a Honda Civic. Civic. <laughs> That's right. In this like tiny little Honda Civic, like packed to the gills with boxes of dog food. So nice. we were driving around the city doing this, and finally, one store owner was like, "Hey, you need distribution." So, you're like, what I is distribution? Up- what is distributed? <laughs> I knew what that was at the time, but okay. I ended up cold calling what is now one of the biggest distributors in the United States, pet food experts, and they were actually just beginning to go through a rapid expansion themselves. But I somehow managed to cold call and get the CEO of the company on the phone, Damn. which never happened. No, like, oh, that's awesome. Picked, it was it was crazy, and it, this was not a small company at the time. So we managed to coordinate to have a meeting to meet at natural products expo east we ended up meeting there in boston yeah in In boston Boston. i was gonna say yeah yeah, it was in boston i know what that is (laughs) so we ended up setting up this meeting based on a cold call and by the end of that meeting we had secured enough interest to our passion just like really came across to have another meeting to meet them at their headquarters in Rhode Island to seriously discuss distribution and I'll never forget during the meeting as we're extolling the virtues of our food (laughs) Allison is just sitting there and I think she noticed a piece of kale and she just picked it up and started eating it like Like, it wasn't even like she was trying to prove a point
0: she was just oh there's some kale
2: because it is just food yeah yeah it's
0: just food it's actual food folks
2: (laughs) but he definitely I remember I mean that 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 sealed the deal yeah Yeah. (laughs) well because
0: I think you know he obviously like you said your passion came through and you knew what you were talking about and then you ate the kale which was yeah closed the deal (laughs) man (laughs) and I know I had read an article too about you all how you ate it for 30 days too
1: 31, can we, Thirty-one days. <laughs> can we can
0: we detour a little bit to that yeah. because that's actually I awesome. had that idea at Natural Products Expo. Oh, okay, um, cool.
1: Yeah, we uh, basically we were this was very early on, and this was 2011. But we were this is just at the, around the same time that we secured the distribution deal. Nice. But we were frustrated because we had no money for marketing. Right. We yeah. knew we made a great product. And we're just, okay, how can we get it out there? And for some reason, I'm a really little fan of like sitcom solutions to real world problems. <laughs> so, so I I came up with the idea. It was very much a collaboration, but I was like, hey, what if we just ate it for a month? Like supersize
0: me. So... <laughs> Did you
1: see that
2: documentary? I, yes. Yeah, 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 I know yeah. what
1: you're
0: talking about. That's I, amazing. That's the better side of it. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> so it like, maybe maybe we can get media attention that way. Yeah. So we planned, originally we'd planned to launch with distribution, I think in March or April. So we decided it would be a lead up to our launch with distribution. Yeah. So, and so we put out a press release in February. Hey, we're going to do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> By a month before we were even supposed to start, one little publication picked it up. I think it was the Poughkeepsie Journal. <laughs> then another publication picked it up. Then the Daily News picked it up. Then we get a 1010 wins. The, there's like this New York AM station that does a lot about the traffic and small, you know, weird local news. So we got interviewed for 1010 wins. Then that day that it's airing, I get a call hi, this is Jeannie Moes from CNN. We'd love to come to your house and interview you.
0: So- I watched that. That, that was awesome, by the way.
2: <laughs> okay. that was- That's our
1: 15 yeah. minutes of fame. I mean, yeah. hopefully not, hopefully, hopefully something else will put that down the ranking on Google. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, Kathy Lee but- and Hoda ate it, but then didn't mention our company, which was <laughs> so weird.
1: <laughs> so- no. Probably one of the biggest fights we've ever had is right before Jeannie Mo's coming to our office, which was a home office, and just being like, "This place is a mess. We have to get presentable for TV." And if we had half an hour to scramble before the TV crew
0: was there, oh my god! So, yeah,
1: yeah. So this it was a tsunami. We had some British photographer come and photograph us for some sort of international thing. We saw. We appeared in Chinese news. It was just, it was this tsunami. Meanwhile, good job.
0: They good they job. Accept, if, accept
1: if, if. Yeah. What happened to the the kitchen where we couldn't actually launch for distribution? Do you remember? I remember. No, tell me. I mean, I will. The, 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 at the at our kitchen in Massachusetts. Oh yeah. Um, the head chef ended up having to have heart surgery, okay. so right. our distribution launch got pushed back. So oh. our distribution didn't happen at the oh, same time God as the
2: Oh, he was and, more also, yeah, and we had no And reason. we
1: didn't have a web store to sell anything. Like we had no idea about selling
2: frozen food online. So we did not expect whole, our $300 press release that we yeah. just put out to get this. And so wow. so it was a bit
1: of a wasted opportunity, but because we have done that, it lives yeah. there in perpetuity and no other company can do it. I was so convinced some other company was going to do this if we didn't do it first. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they would have.
2: Yeah. yeah. So what we would do is every day at lunch we would do live feeds. We would stream it and we would each have a bowl of food. And then also when we weren't eating the food on, you know, our live feeds, we only ate ingredients in the food for the entire month. Wow. I mean a couple of condiments. We we had like a, a small list of allowables. Yeah. But um, but generally speaking, and we would just talk about the ingredients and make food using the ingredients. It was fun because I'm being a health supportive chef, I could come up with granola. Like I'd wake up in the, in the middle of the night or, whatever, or in the morning, and would be like, there's oats and barley, we can use barley malt syrup and we can add blueberries and pumpkin seeds and we can make nice. granola bars. <laughs> like it was- Those granola bars were great. Yeah. Yeah, it was, just, it was fun. It was a super creative time, and and just being able to talk about you know because the other thing about the food is when you're not looking to rely on supplements, every single ingredient has to do your, a job basically yeah. to hit your nutritional numbers. And so yeah, they were super nerdy those videos, but really fun. I would say you brought They're your mom on. <laughs> They're funny, but you know I mean it's just us being us. So it yeah. was
0: which is the best kind of marketing and PR yeah. you can you can have is when you can actually just lean into yourselves, yeah, <laughs> and put it out in the world. So I mean, so it launched. Did it launch the distribution? It did. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, at our height, we were probably in close to two hundred retail establishments. But what happened is we did keep continuing to have that same problem where stuff would get into stores and the the retailer would be super excited about and it just wouldn't translate into sales to customers and I was running myself ragged I drove everywhere like from Maine down to the Carolinas and was doing all of these dog events there are a staggering number of dog events (laughs) (laughs) like you're a cat person you don't know but on (laughs) any given weekend there's like all kinds of like dog festivals but interesting yeah, it was exhausting, and it wasn't working. You even went to a few dog weddings, right? Yeah, we 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 catered some dog That's weddings. Amazing,
0: that is amazing, a bar, right a, there. bark mitzvah. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: yeah. So there was a lot of that, and uh, but ultimately, it oh, really yeah. it became clear. And Allison is the one who really was like, "No, we have we were very loyal to our distributors. Like, yeah. I really liked them as people. Yeah, and they really were great. They this. were
2: super supportive,
1: but." <laughs> At the end of the day, it wasn't working. If we stuck with that model, it would have put us out of business. And Allison was the one who initiated the wake up call.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And this was also after a little botched, you know, potential funding option that really would have been a terrible fit for us. Because at that point, we were really, you know, we were trying to play by the rules presented to us about how you were supposed to grow, what our industry expected. And so we were trying to fit ourselves into an industry where our products didn't really make as much sense. And and we didn't make as much sense. We weren't, you know, industry veterans who who knew the whole, you know, had a bunch of buddies in it. And and so um, once we hit, I'd say that would be the rock bottom point, right? When we decided to not take funding that would have just really changed who we were, how we were, what we did, how we grew, Um, it, it, so once we pulled out of that, it became very clear that we were not ever going to get where we needed to through distributors. And, and Hannah, you had been pretty pro getting an online store going up until that time, but we hadn't done it. But I remember it was what, right at the end of 2014? Or was it 2013? Uh, well, we, got, we got the online
1: store going, um, I think around the time of your wedding, but it wasn't... Um, it wasn't really a big revenue source. We didn't have the fulfillment piece figured out. Right. Yeah, um, it was a very model. small yeah. fraction of customers. Uh, we were, it was a very small piece of things. It was really only when we pulled from distribution, which I believe was 2015,
2: uh, that- Yeah, I want to say at the end of 2014, we made our own website because we'd also been really dependent on everybody for everything. Yeah. And as yeah. we've learned over and over, we have a problem. we Search high and low for experts, and then we realized that we can somehow you. do it ourselves.
0: Yeah, you're the expert. And do it yeah.
2: better. And we designed our own aesthetic. We actually co-designed that logo. That's kind of what I was saying. That's why I had showed it, but we never mentioned it then. But we co-co-designed our logo and kind of highlighting even deeper, like the interconnectedness of it all. Yeah. And yeah. once we did that, we started the story. It was like the seas parted. Everything. It's kind of like you know when you're just on your on your path and you keep hitting roadblock after roadblock after roadblock and you keep going and you keep going and then there's like this ray of sun comes in it leads you this way and then all of a sudden it's like a beautiful path and and you're like oh that's how i'm supposed to go but that's how i'm supposed to go and then you start following the easier one that seems like it's the one you're supposed to be on and and then all of a sudden well, that's when our business really started, I think. I feel like we had this big proof of concept for so many years, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we weren't able to take it anywhere. And then once this happened, where we could interact directly with customers, there wasn't a middleman. There were basically two middlemen when you had a distributor. Yeah, of course. This yeah. way Hannah could actually interact with the end user. And, um, and we could move our food, not, not have to make a ton of food all at once, hoping we would sell it. We really understood. Yeah. How much we needed to make it became really fun, but it was a very. Yeah, it, I mean, it was fun before, but now it was like fun because we were running. You a it. Yeah. We're actually. We're your passion, <laughs> and I have to it's
0: say, I am sorry, I have to say, kudos for turning down the money, ladies because, you know, you hear, I hear that a lot when people are like, oh, I felt this pressure. I had to take the money because I had arrived, right? Like I'd worked so hard to get to that point. And then all of a sudden, you know, so you're right. That's kind of one of those open sliding door moments, right? Where you're like, oh, which way do I go? Which way do I, which one do I do? And imagine you would have missed out. You would have missed. We out also would coming. be out of business by now because, <laughs>
1: because it would, yeah, because honestly it was sort of, it was so unrealistic what would have been expected of us. And yeah. it almost seemed it would have, we would have been beholden to a group of men. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And, Food industry. And, yep. and expected to pretty much funnel the money that they gave us <laughs> back to their buddies. It, it just sound it seemed so antithetical to what we were about. We just didn't want a bunch of Men holding the first. You can say it. It's telling, cool. We're, we know here. Holding we know. the first strings, telling us what to do. Like here, little ladies, do yeah. all of these things we tell you, and you'll be rich. No. And it the just hoops, they were just setting us through. Remember? Oh yeah, it was. Oh the, the hoops. So many hoops. It just it just became so clear that it would take the soul out of our company and just turn it into something that we weren't. And
0: yeah. And you guys are yeah, so it, much soul, so much soul. And so kind of like just a great mission. And I like the fact that it put Hana back and back in touch with the customers or both of you, because you've told me multiple times here that the challenge was, is that the customers weren't buying it or they weren't seeing it. And then all of a sudden they could, and they could see you, which is yeah. a great so selling point. Then hit
2: the us. ground running. We were both doing demos on a regular basis. Yeah. I was like we had more business up out of the East coast. So Hannah was lugging, you know, these 40 pound boxes to FedEx and UPS. We were, you know, dry ice places. Then I started doing it. I mean, we both had like back issues at some point. Um, <laughs> until we was- could get big enough that we could actually pass it off, but we weren't big enough for a while. So we were doing it. There were like four days a week, you know I mean? The only people I saw since I worked from home were pretty much my friends at the dry ice place and my friends at UPS and FedEx. Um <laughs> but it was i think it was really important to do it i mean we we haven't been doing that for years but knowing every aspect of your business and understanding what yeah. goes into it
0: Huge. is
2: is really important i remember seeing someone and explaining i did that and they were like why don't you just hire people
0: it's not the same oh, though i mean i understand what they're saying right like maybe you could have grown faster i don't i don't know a lot of different situations could have happened there but you're right where it's not the same if you can't really understand all the different moving pieces because then when you do hire someone, you have a little bit more empathy and a little bit more yeah. compassion and understanding for their back, right? Or for whatever <laughs> right. part of their body they're putting into this situation, right? Yeah, yeah, we
1: now work with a third-party fulfillment company and just offloading to that, to not having to do it to ourselves, freed us up for so much more other yeah. stuff. But yeah. I, I think we didn't even realize how much time we had because we were so busy with that piece yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, and- and Interacting with the customers for so long on my end. I we did hire someone now who does customer Good. service full time and she's amazing. She's amazing. Right. She's so amazing. <laughs> but it was I could train her on every piece of it. She's yeah. not reading off of a script. I have imparted every piece of knowledge that I've gained. I she has autonomy to figure out how to handle different solutions and issues, but that's because I know how to handle those solutions and you know, how to handle every problem. Right. So yeah. It really is important to do that. And it everything. continues
0: your mission. It yeah. continues your mission yeah. and, and doesn't allow you guys to kind of have that that disconnect that you see as companies scale, where all of a sudden they're removed, right? The founders are removed by like 10 steps up and they don't they don't have that that kind of that arm that goes to their employees below. So bravo on that. So take us to kind of current day, ladies. Like what are you seeing right now? What are what are you up to now? <laughs>
2: Well, manufacturing <laughs> is not a fun job to be yeah, doing right I was going to say. Yeah, uh, that's well, it's point. fun if you like challenges, and sometimes mm-hmm. I do. But anyway, um, we have trying to make sure that we get our food made. We are very grateful for having had um, the philosophy of our partners, our vendors being our partners, of being loyal. At some point early on, it was always like about trying to get the best price. and focusing right. almost exclusively on your profit margin and all that and at some point it became very clear that to get consistent quality and to build loyalty you had to really pick and choose who you were going to work with even if it meant a little bit more yeah um knowing that you were guaranteeing income to company so we were able to get through a lot of the pandemic without having too many hiccups from a sourcing standpoint, we're now seeing things like delays and issues and everybody's prices are going up. And so it's been challenging, you know, January, a lot of people were not working because they were homesick. And so things got pushed back. So there's the challenge there, but it's also because we've been growing. And, um, and I mean, there's also a very different landscape from the, competitive aspect of, of just the, the category itself has I gone from honestly <laughs> taking this over, yeah.
1: Yeah, so sorry, this is this is my uh, my jam is, nice. is knowing what's going on in the landscape. Nice. So when we started this, as i mentioned, there were maybe three small companies in different corners of the country doing it. Now the market is approaching saturation. It seems like every day, there's another company making a food in our category sometimes it 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 feels almost cynical like so the way that some of these start overnight it just seems like a bunch of money is pumped into something and they're putting it out there because they know there's money in the space uh there's i'd say the top three companies that people compare us to have had at least a hundred million dollars in investments there's one company nom nom now that was just purchased by Mars for billion. So a billion dollars. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it is a huge, and and they only started like three or four years ago. So it's a, it is a space that is flush with money. Yeah. And it's funny when I, when we first started having these competitors, my hackles would go up course, <laughs> to use course. a dog analogy. I was just Really upset that they were there. They're copycats. It it just it drove me crazy. Yeah. But now
2: language I am (laughs) on.
1: (laughs) Now I'm grateful. Yeah. Now I'm grateful that they're there because they're doing the hard, expensive work of building category awareness. Good. Yeah. So people understand, like, oh, there's this type of food out there, and we're just doing the work of keeping our heads down and making a better product. and being recognized by industry experts and, you know, by some press as making that better product. Right. So people will already make the conversion jump to these sort of bigger, less expensive, and I'm going to say cheaper products. And then if they want something better, if they look a little harder, they find us. So we're just organically getting a lot of customers on the basis of the existence of these behemoth companies. And Making this is really an unfair characterization
0: because, in the grand scheme of the pet food industry, these other companies are still very, very small. Right, right. I mean, there's that old saying like, if you want to open a pizza shop, there's the best place to open a pizza shop is right next door to another one, right? Yeah, (laughs) right. Because you get the people (laughs) who aren't as, you know, who maybe, not satisfied with that one, but for you guys, you're so, you're very mission driven. You're very focused on quality. And I have clients who have dealt with similar things that you're saying where they're like, but everyone's pumping it out. Yeah. But everyone's not you. (laughs) Right. And like you to bring to the table, what needs to be brought and the quality. So, I mean, bravo for that. And but of course you're going to be like upset at first. Like, where were all these people 10 years ago?
2: <laughs> like when you were trying oh, to. Gosh, <laughs> yeah. The texts at every hour being like, did you see this one? Yeah. <laughs> like, And then I'd immediately yeah. run and look at like the ingredients and I'd be like, yeah, but it's doing this, 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 and this, or like, you know, or like, oh, you know, 21 supplements or, you know I mean? It would just be like looking at a recipe or like looking at claims. So, we, it, it was really kind of a challenge at first, but I agree. I think it's, it's, uh it makes it better. It's good though, in some ways that, or not in some ways, it, it's good that there's more access to fresh food at various price points. And that it really does, does change the, your dog when you start giving fresh food. So in a lot of ways, it's, it's just, we're also grateful just that that's more available yeah. and that's yeah.
1: Yeah, even even less optimal versions of what we do uh-huh. are light years ahead of processed pet food from a health yeah. standpoint. And we understand that what we are doing to be like fully transparent is at the highest price point in this right. category. So right. uh, you do get what you pay for though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I I'm always a very big fan of companies who kind of stay true to mission and who are kind of quality driven like that because it's just you know that way you know where you stand too. And I think it's good that if you hadn't kind of to have the past, right, and have that experience, you wouldn't kind of know where your true north was, I think with a lot of this stuff, right?
2: Yeah, it's really helped us clarify it and um and feel like we can live our own values. Cause at first it didn't feel that way. It felt like when you started a business, you had to be you had to play this role. And I yes. feel like at times we both had to come you know and even even if there is a different way the business could have gone, this is the way the business needed to go for the two of us, yeah, and for us to come to each other. I mean this is just how we needed our our path to be, and it's it's really cool to be able to have honored that, but I never would have expected going and that I could actually come out you know ten years later and feel like I'm doing this as myself.
0: Yeah, which is beautiful. I mean, there's yeah. right, there's a lot of a lot of pressure. I mean, there's, there's this kind of stereotype or this like mold of entrepreneurship in general, right? Like this is what an entrepreneur <laughs> looks like and does yeah. and hustles and grinds, never sleeps and makes millions overnight, like whatever that might be. Right. But you know, it's, it's the people like that stay true to why they started it and their, and their story that kind of flourish in the end, because
2: you're playing the long game too. Always, yeah. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, at the end of every single, I yeah, know we've said that a lot over me the
0: too. years. So yeah, me too. Yeah. So I want to get it like tattooed on my forehead sometimes <laughs> um, backwards so I can read it in the mirror. Um, <laughs> well, ladies, so let me start with you, Hannah. Like, what do you think we're going to, we're going to digress a little bit and move into the resilience thing, but what do you think are kind of the, like, give me like a one or two things that kind of get you through adversity?
1: Oh, that is a good question, because I have had a lot of adversity lately. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, getting my body moving and checking in with my body, that is the number one thing. We're, We're organisms, we're beings, we're meant to move, we're meant to get outside. And for me, if everything is like freaked out, and I'm moving too fast and spinning out I just need to go outside and take a nice walk or run so yeah. I'd say that that's the first thing is just be in my body and the second thing that gets me through adversity is picking up the phone and calling Allison <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's she's a good seriously, partner
1: <laughs> she's seriously the older sister I never had so and I mean that sincerely
2: that's no funny. I mean that's I wonderful. pretty much have the same answer as she does too <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, maybe music in my ears at the same time as we're oh, talking, sure. <laughs> but yeah. you know, uh, no, I would have said, yeah, it's, we spend a lot of time not talking about work. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. really, it's pretty amazing when you think about how we were kind of brought together really yeah. felt like divine intervention. Like it almost, it almost doesn't make any other sense. Sometimes it's yeah. just too weird of a story, but we're, and we're very different, but we're so aligned at deep levels. Like it's, it's really pretty amazing. We'll have something that y- could really be like a tear apart situation for yeah. two people because they could be on. And we're usually like our thought process of getting there, totally different, our points of reference, but we, we really, I think our hearts are so aligned yeah. that, um, even, even on a personal, like, you know, on a personal level too. So it's it's been pretty amazing. Wow. That's impressive. And I'm, I'm with you, you both never underestimate the, the
0: power of like getting into your body. Yeah, and like actually, and nature too, both of those things, right? Combine and music. We'll take all three. Yeah. <laughs> Just put them together. Right? <laughs> well, ladies, this has been an absolute pleasure. You both are a complete delight and I love your story. So one of you, whoever, tell, tell people where they can find you, please, so that they can go check out this amazing product.
1: I guess I'll kick it off. Um, <laughs> evermorepetfood.com. Thanks is where you can find us online and our food is available in 48 states. We will also ship to Alaska and Hawaii, but you have to ask nicely. (laughs) Because that's a big shipping. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely an additional fee for that. So- that's where you can find our website and then we are on instagram our handles at evermore pet food thanks and also on facebook um, slash evermore pet food so we're real easy to find
2: i love it and there are retail stores retail stores throughout the country too on our store locator and um they're pretty peppered throughout so if you do live locally it's worth checking out right Yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's, it's
1: pretty random where our retail is. Basically we work with retailers who contact us and we'll ship direct. So we took out the distributor model for that.
0: That's great. That's, that's, you know, might as well, right. Yeah, (laughs) you can, where you can do it then. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being here with me today. This has been a pleasure.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you you so much for having us. It went fast.
0: I always adore a good conversation that is rooted in mission you know there there is that crossroads where you heard them talk about where they could have taken a lot of money and maybe in the moment it it looked shiny, right? But now that they're looking back, they understand that it would have killed their company. So if you are somebody out there who is really just trying to get to that point where the the money infusion is or you know, whatever that next step is, just be careful. I mean, the old ad, you be careful what you wish for, right? You need to be a hundred percent sure that it is what you, want, right? And sometimes you don't know, right? Sometimes you have to do it until you realize you don't want it, right? Like they talked about the district, the distribution model and stuff like that. But, you know, I think just be careful not to get so blinded by the shiny thing that you go off mission. And next thing you know, you're not waking up like they described 10 years down the line, living your living into your life, but you're waking up kind of tethered into a place that doesn't feel like you again. And on next week's episode, I am joined by Christina Hauser. And let me just say that this episode could change the trajectory of real life. So, you know, health wise, because she's got a heck of a story. She's going to come on and tell. She's got a wonderful cookbook, which I was gifted a copy and it's beautiful. So you don't want to miss this episode. And if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, follow rate and review. And, you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later.